Father God, you are great. You are greater than our circumstances. You are greater than our pain. You are greater than the isolation. You are greater than racism. You are greater than, than division. You are greater than cancer. You are greater than fear. You are greater than all things. And so for this moment, we simply come before you and we lay whatever we brought down. And we are here to meet with you. We are here to hear from you. We need to be reminded, God, that you are in fact greater than the mountains that stand before us. So we're asking you to move this morning. Move in us, remind us of who you are. We are here to worship you because you are worthy. And so we pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. Well, good morning, church. Another week that we wish so badly you were sitting in this room with us. Uh, but we are wrapping up our life plan series this Sunday. And so we started this series uh, the week after Easter. And really our hope with this series was to help you to embrace the reality that you have purpose. God created you on purpose, with a purpose. He has a role for you to play in his story. And then we really just got pretty practical. We talked about these, these different areas of our life that need to be in order, that need to be strong, that need to be healthy, in order to support us in, in living out this God calling. And so we talked about the physical aspect of our life, the relational aspect, the financial aspect, and then last week, the spiritual aspect. And again, our, our hope was to really just help you understand, look, you have a calling. God, God has a place for you in his story. And so let's get these areas in our life in order so that we can live that out. And so we, we see those four legs. So you might think that we are done with this series, but that would be a mistake. And honestly, a mistake that, that I think we as Christians make too often because today is Pentecost. And for many of you, you might not even know what that means. And it's not really your fault. Christians have sort of done away with acknowledging Pentecost. We take an entire month or more for Christmas. We give a solid weekend to celebrate Easter, but then we just blow right past Pentecost. Pentecost being the day that the Holy Spirit entered into humanity to empower us to, to live out our God callings. It is through the Spirit that we live out th this calling that we continue to talk about. And so we're not done with this series because today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We here at Church on the Hill, we have something called Life Track, and we walk you through kind of these four pillars of helping you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and playing your role in God's story. And I teach step three and four of that class. And so I have worked with hundreds of you trying to help you see who God made you to be. We take these assessments to kind of see what, a, what am I passionate about? What talents do I have? How have my experiences shaped me? And the goal there is to see that, help you see that you have value. But I work really hard in that class to make sure that, that you understand that this isn't for you. 
This calling that we're sorting out, this purpose, only exists within the context of God's purpose. Otherwise, it becomes more about kind of answering the question, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? What are you passionate about? What are you, what are you good at? If we don't look at it through the lens of God's purpose, then it becomes self-fulfilling. And we measure it, whether or not it's really the right thing for us based on how it makes us feel or how much success we may feel while doing it. Because we are naturally going to be motivated by the flesh. And we read in Galatians 5:17, "For the flesh craves what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are opposed to each other, so that you do not do what you want." See, in order to live God's purpose, we have to be transformed. We have to, to move from the flesh to the spirit. Our hearts have to be transformed. Our minds have to be transformed. In order to make God's mission our mission, we have to be radically changed. And that can often feel burdensome and hard and at times impossible. But that is what the Holy Spirit is meant to be for us. The Holy Spirit does the transformation in us. And we have to understand that. Otherwise, we miss it. In Romans 8, chapter, uh, Romans 8 5, 5 through 7, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. And then we read in Ezekiel 36, verses 26 to 27, God says, And I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and be careful to obey my rules. This is what God does. He gives us the spirit to transform our hearts, to transform our minds. So why do we continue to live in the flesh? Why do we continue to, to wrestle, to feel conflicted on what our calling is? I believe it's because we don't understand the Holy Spirit. We don't understand its role in our lives, and so as a result, we're not living out our calling. Because if it's through the Spirit that we live out our calling and we don't understand the Spirit, then we're not going to fulfill our calling. So we have to grab hold of this understanding of the Spirit. And so really, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to start off with some Holy Spirit 101. Setting a foundation for ourselves to really understand who is the Holy Spirit and what, it, what is its role in my life. And then, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to do some preaching this morning. Because the reality is, God needs his people to embrace the Spirit. There is a message that God wants us to hear. And so we are going to go after that message today. 
So first, let's start with our foundation. If I were to ask you what you think about when you, when you think about the Holy Spirit, do you think of a dove? Do you think of uh, the extraordinary ways that the Spirit moves, the healing and the prophecy and the, um, the speaking in tongues? Or maybe do you think of that, that warm, fuzzy, kind of overwhelming feeling that we get sometimes during worship? Because it seems to me that, that we, we isolate the Spirit into these moments and in, into, these, into these acts. And we miss the reality that the Holy Spirit is at work in us daily. The Holy Spirit is a daily, moment-by-moment part of the Christian life. So, very foundation. The Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity. The Godhead three in one. The Holy Spirit is equally divine as the Father and the Son. And so hear this. The Holy Spirit's work in our lives as Christ followers is just as necessary as the work of Christ. Every part of the Trinity works in every divine work, but there are certain certain things that are, that are characteristic of each. And so the Holy Spirit's role for us is two things. It is to heal and it is to empower. And so first we're going to talk about healing. As Christ followers, we understand that Jesus Christ was fully God and fully man. That he came to this earth, he lived a sinless life, And he was crucified for our sins. He paid the price, took the debt for our sins. And then he he was resurrected into new life. He conquered death once and for all. And we know from the scriptures that those of us who choose to believe and put our trust in Christ have our sins forgiven, washed clean, and are given this, this promise of new life, And that we will spend eternity with God in heaven. But here's what I don't think we understand quite as clearly. This new life that we are given, this is not a a personal new life for me. When I receive the salvation of Jesus, this new life that I am given is life that exists within the context of the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. So you and I are a part of of the body of Christ. That is the new life that we are given. So that's why it's so important that you play your role and I play my role and we work together. Because if it was only about our sins being erased and, and the promise of eternity, then why would God not have just taken us in that moment? He chose to leave us here to be a part of his mission because Jesus came to restore all of creation back into God's image. And he does that when I am transformed back into God's image, when you were transformed back into God's image. And then when we live on mission, making disciples who make disciples who make disciples, one by one, God's creation is restored back into his image. 
And so from the moment of our salvation, our life is not about us. We join together with the body of Christ and we are now on mission to help bring healing and restoration to God's world. And this this takes place through this participation that we have with the Spirit. See, in the moment of our salvation, we are washed clean. We stand before God blameless. We are restored fully back into the image of God. It's nothing that we do. It is a gift of God's grace. But from that moment on, we begin a journey where we are cooperating with the Spirit. It's us giving the Spirit permission, surrendering, being obedient, but it is the Spirit that comes and does the work in us. The transforming work, the healing work. Transforming our hearts into a heart that reflects God's. Transforming our minds into a mind that reflects God's. And so we see this in what Paul explains to us as the fruits of the Spirit. In Galatians 5. So Paul is talking about these these fruits, these things that will grow out of us as we live with the Spirit. As the Spirit does its work inside of us. But it's not as though we become more able to extend love or, or more able to choose joy. It's not in our strength at all. It is the Holy Spirit working in us, changing us, transforming us. That it's not, it's not an act of the flesh extending love, extending joy, feeling peace. It's an actual transformation that the Spirit does. The fruit that grows out of us is the Spirit living out of us, refining us back into the image of God. And then we walk in that. We live in that in deeper and deeper ways as we allow the Spirit to come and do this refining work within us. And so again, the reality is that as Christ followers, we cannot live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit, just as much as we cannot live the Christian life without Christ. And yet, I've been a part of the church for 35 years, and so I feel like I can make this statement with with some confidence. That's not how we see the Spirit. Again, we see the Spirit as some sort of side dish, Something that's just sprinkled on top of those really special moments. For some reason, we just don't understand that we have access to the Holy Spirit to do this radical healing work. Like actually transforming us, giving us God's heart, and giving us God's mind. And and we have this role of participating. It's not that it's by works. It's by partnering with the Spirit, giving permission to come and do the transforming work. The Holy Spirit heals in us what the world has broken. So if we need to be healed from pride, the Holy Spirit does that work. If we need to be given confidence, the Holy Spirit does that work. The Holy Spirit silences the lies in your mind. 
The Holy Spirit motivates you to move past your apathy. The Holy Spirit comes and heals your heart from the ways that it's been broken. It transforms your mind from the perverse ways that the world has shaped it. This is the work of the Spirit. So, if God's people do not understand the Spirit, are not living with the Spirit, partnering with the Spirit, well, then it's no wonder that the world is so broken. It's no wonder that truth is is mystical and perversion is everywhere. We are how God brings healing and restoration to this world. As we reflect the image of God, others embrace God, and then they reflect the image of God, and this is how God's creation is restored. So we can, we can connect the dots between, let's see, what am I passionate about, and what am I good at, and how am I wired, and how have my experiences shaped me, and we can come up with, with something to do with our lives. And it, it will be fulfilling for a while, but it's like nailing jello to the wall. It's not going to last. That's not what we were created for. We, we were created to be used by God to move forward his mission. And so when we discover these things, that God did handcraft us in our mother's womb, when we, when we come to understand those things and then we offer them to God and we allow the Holy Spirit to do this healing work that's transforming our heart and our mind so that our mission is God's mission, that is when we will experience radical fulfillment, radical power, contentment, movement for the sake of God's kingdom. That is how we usher in God's kingdom here on earth earth. And so when the Holy Spirit is doing this healing work in us, transforming us, giving us a heart that reflects God's heart for the world, renewing our mind, then he empowers us. He empowers us to do what we cannot do on our own. The Holy Spirit takes those passions and those gifts and, and uses them in a way that goes beyond anything we could ever do on our own. Let me show you what this looks like. So I've said this a few times in different sermons, but the disciple Peter is my favorite because I feel like I can connect with him. He's super passionate, super zealous. He's like front and center with Jesus. He's He's all about revival. He, he was a commercial fisherman, which I am not, but he was a commercial fisherman, and, which means he had certain skill sets and certain mindsets. Commercial fishermen were, were not about the one fish. They were going for the net full. And so this is, this is Peter. And so we see these different elements of Peter in the various stories that we read about him. But we see that as Peter is, is walking with Jesus... Each one of these things only takes him so far. Yes, his, his passion and, and zealousness causes him to jump out of the boat, to walk on water toward Jesus, but then fear comes in and he sinks. 
His, his boldness caused him to be the first to answer most of Jesus' questions, but the limitedness of his mind caused him to really miss what Jesus was really trying to say. And then sadly, what Peter may be known for the most is his heartbreaking denial of his friend and Messiah. Hours prior, Peter was standing guard of Jesus, whacking off the ear of a Sanhedrin. But as stuff starts getting real, Peter folds from bold to coward. And he ends up denying even knowing Jesus, not once, but three times. Peter's got some great giftings. He's got, he's got some great passions. But we see how far he's able to take them in his own strength. But look what happens when Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit. Because again, on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down. God, God's disciples were gathered and waiting, which is what Jesus had, had instructed them to do. And on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes and it says that it touches, touched them each like, like tongues of fire. And, and enabled them to begin speaking in different languages. God did this because at that time, people from all different nations had gathered together in the city for the festival. And so God enabled these people to do what they couldn't do in their own flesh. And they went out and they began to tell everybody about Jesus. And then all of these people took it back to their nations. And Peter, Peter stands boldly in the middle of all of these people, and he begins to preach. He begins to tell them about this Jesus. He preaches in, in boldness. And it says over 3,000 people came to embrace Jesus. He threw his net out, and he got a full catch. And then as we read on in chapter 3 and 4 of Acts, we see that Peter addresses these religious leaders. The same relig religious leaders that caused him to lose, lose his boldness when asked if he knew Jesus. But now, this Peter, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And so it says in, in uh, Acts 4, verse 8, simply, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, replied to them, rulers and elders of the people. See, this isn't a boldness that, that Peter has. It's just pushing past that timidness. Just a little bit of extra courage. This is boldness. He's telling them, you murdered the Messiah. You are ignorant. Wake up because you are missing it. He speaks in boldness. And not only that, he speaks with words that are not even his own. The Holy Spirit allows him to go beyond what is even in his own capability. In verse 13, it says, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. When the Holy Spirit works through us, empowers us, people notice. There's something about the movement of the Spirit that the people tune in. And when we allow the Spirit to empower us, to be used for God's purpose, the world takes notice. And this is when they are drawn in to receive this same healing power. 
the same salvation to be, again, restored back into God's image. The man who stood in this crowd and preached with boldness was passionate, zealous Peter, who had a heart for revival, who was all about the big catch that up till that moment he couldn't go through. But the Holy Spirit took those things, those passions and those gifts, and allowed him to do what he could not do on his own. That is what the Holy Spirit does for us. Do you see? Do you see what the Spirit is offering you to heal you, to transform your heart and your mind, to, to do the work as we give the permission and then to empower us. Every lie that you face as you pursue this, figuring out what this calling is, that you're not enough or you don't have the resources or whatever it may be, that's the part the Holy Spirit takes you beyond. God is simply saying, will you offer it to me? Will you take what I have given you and offer it back to me and let me do something with it that you could never do on your own? So again, we have to understand that we cannot live out our God calling without the Spirit. And God knew that. God knows that. That's why Jesus said in John 16, 7, But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. A Helper like an actual helper along this journey, this journey of transformation, this journey of trying to live and reflect God's image in a broken and perverse world. God knows we can't do it in our own strength, and so he sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a side dish. It is not something we have to call upon. It says in Romans 8, 9 that the Holy Spirit is within us. So if we understand this, and we, we, we partner with the Holy Spirit, then daily he will be doing the work in us of refining us. If you're doing this Proverbs challenge that Pastor Dave gave, you're allowing the Spirit to renew your mind, to give you the wisdom that you need. The Spirit will give us the comfort that we need, and the Spirit will convict us, refining us back into God's image. And so we we have to get to a place where we really have this intimate connection with the Spirit, that it is not something foreign to us. It is not something that we don't fully understand, therefore do not fully activate. It's this intimacy where we say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Because it's one thing to say, Jesus, yes, forgive my sins. Jesus, Give me freedom from these things that are destroying my life. But it is a whole other thing to say, Holy Spirit, come. Rip me apart. I give you permission to go to those deepest, darkest places that I don't let anybody else go to. I don't even go to them myself, but I'm offering myself to you to come and do the healing work. Transform me. I want to have God's mind. I want to have God's heart. I don't want to think this way anymore. I don't want to feel this way anymore. And so we open ourselves up completely to the Spirit. And we experience this intimate connection. 
as we are being transformed, that is when we will experience joy and peace. That is when we will love God's creation with his heart. That is when we will live out our calling. As the Holy Spirit works to align my heart and my mind with God's, that my mission every single day becomes God's mission. That is when the Holy Spirit says, okay, I can work with this. Watch what I'm going to do with this. And so we see this after Peter and John had been preaching in the streets. They, they end up getting arrested and, and put in jail. And they're doing healing works and they're doing all of these radical things. And then we read that they, they came back to the, the rest of the believers. And together, they're all celebrating. They're praying and they're praising God for, the, for what's happening they are so excited and so motivated to see so many people come to embrace Jesus. And so they're praying and they're celebrating. And this is how they end their prayer. They say, and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Their mission was God's mission. And so when they cry out to God and they say, give us more of the Spirit, give us more boldness, protect us from their threats so that we can move your mission forward, God says, okay, that I will protect, that I will empower, because that is what God is about. And so for us, if we wake up and we've got any mission on our heart other than God's mission, we need to repent. We need to just simply come to God and say, God, I, I, I repent for making this about me. I repent for, for seeing my calling as something that was self-fulfilling. Bring it before him. And he says, I know. That's why, that's why I sent you the Spirit. I, kn I know you need a helper. I know that it's hard. I know that there's a wrestle in your flesh with the Spirit. That is why I sent the Holy Spirit for you. To transform you. To, to do the work, that, that, that part of you that you want so desperately to be different. That's why I sent the Spirit for you. Because I know, I know what you're capable of. I know what I made you to do. I want to see you do that. I want to use you to bring healing and restoration to this world. So, so I've given you the Spirit to, to refine you back into my image. God is saying, Embrace the Holy Spirit's role in your life so that I can use you. Guys, I'm going to be honest. That's why we're here. That's why he didn't just take us in that moment because we have a role to play. It's not like an optional, like, hey, also, if you'd like to play your role in God's story, that's like a bonus. It is the reason we exist. And what a radical opportunity it is to be used by God, the God of the universe, to help bring the same sort of healing and restoration that we have experienced to the lives of others? 
that we could actually be a part of bringing change into this world because the Holy Spirit does not see gender. It doesn't see race. It doesn't see age. It doesn't see social status. God is a God where he wants all of his creation to experience healing and restoration. And I don't know if you've noticed, but that's the sort of message that our world needs right now. It needs to hear this radical message of God and it needs to see it lived out in God's people. So it's a good thing he sent us this helper to do the work in us. So may our hearts posture be, move God. Spirit, move in me, use me, transform me, heal me and empower me to be used by you. Get up off of your couch, stand up and sing this song to the Spirit who has healed and empowered you.